With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to A to Z Sports here live on Facebook and YouTube and Twitch. On a Wednesday morning, I'm Austin Stanley. He is Sam Phelan in for Zach Bingham today. We're always powered by BetMGM. So make sure you download that BetMGM app. And we go live every weekday morning at 8 central time as Nashville's on-demand sports talk network. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out you guys. Like Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or simply at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans, but our coverage rates and service. Learn more about a health plan for you at fbhp.com slash ATOZ and Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured in a car wreck, call Hughes and Coleman for a free case consultation, 800-800-4600. So Sam, uh, before we dive into the essential adjustment the Titans need to make, you're headed to the facility uh, later on this morning. Uh, tell us what you have uh, or what's on your mind to be on the lookout for as you go to the Titans facility on a Wednesday uh, as their prep week starts for Denver. Yeah, so before I get into practice, I see the chat doing the what has Sam done, what has Sam not done off the bat. <laughs> Save it for the end. We will yes. do some, we can do some of them at the end. Save them for the end. Don't forget yeah. them. I want to I wanna address some of these. But and, now, just because, and just because they commented them now, we can't see them because we'll have hundreds and hundreds of right. comments. We literally cannot scroll up high yeah, enough. So save that comment to repost at yes. the end. I will get to them. But we got to talk Titans first, and we have to talk Titans practice. Heading into Titans practice today, there's a couple storylines that I think uh, everybody has their eye on. Number one is Ryan Tannehill. Uh, what is Ryan Tannehill's injury status? Is he going to be practicing more than he has the last two weeks. I think last week was like a gradual increase for them. He started throwing a bit more. He wasn't moving around very much. So uh, that's the question. How much can Ryan Tannehill do? Is there a chance that he plays this week finally? I think everybody's expected him to play two weeks in a row now, and it's been Malik Willis each of those weeks. So looking out for 17, another injury front, Elijah Molden. He was back. He was practicing this past week. The assumption was Elijah Molden was going to play, Austin. I think it was an interesting development. I talked to Elijah on Wednesday, and he told me, yeah, I feel good. I expect to be out there on Wednesday in Kansas City. Friday rolled along. Mike Vrabel said, no, I don't expect him to be out there. He's not going to be elevated or brought up. So he's been practicing, but how quickly can he get up to speed? Is it a health thing? Is it just a you know, mental thing of trying to get back into the defense and finding his role appropriately? I don't know what it is, but... Going to keep an eye out for Elijah Molden. And then lastly, we mentioned him off the top of the show. Traylon Burks is eligible to come off injured reserve Mm -hmm. this week. And Mike Vrabel gave an update on Burks on Monday. So that will be an interesting situation to monitor as well. Will he be in the locker room? Will he be on the practice field? What is his status? Is he still going to be on a milk carton and be in the back of the practice facility where none of us can see him uh, at all, really? But, uh, 
those are the few things that I think I'm going to have my eyes peeled for and everybody uh, out there should as well. So monitor the injury situations for the Titans. They can only withstand so much and they need to get healthy as soon as possible. Yeah, no doubt about that. And we'll talk more about the Traylon Burke update from Vrabel uh, from Monday uh, here later on in the show. Sam, one thing I'm curious about, I'm willing to monitor uh, the Sam Phelan, Jeffrey Simmons situation. I'm curious to see uh, what, uh, what Jeffrey Simmons will think when you walk in there and, and we'll, we'll talk, we haven't really talked about this on the show yet. Uh, but Monday you wrote the article based off of Chris Jones's comments, Chris Jones saying that he talked to Jeffrey Simmons last week before the game. And they knew the chiefs knew that uh, Malik Willis was going to play. You wrote that article, Jeffrey Simmons tweeted and deleted. Uh, and so I'm curious to see what big Jeff's going to do. So how are you feeling? about a potential interaction with uh, the tickle monster, Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah. I mean, it's part of the, part of the deal, right? I got to yeah. write what I got to write. I got to ask the questions I got to ask. And I'm not, uh, I think Jeffrey Simmons certainly has uh, some questions to answer at least for, yeah. to set the record straight. If nothing else, you know, based on his tweet, he seemed to think Chris Jones threw him under the bus a little bit uh, and said things that were a bit of a fabrication. And if that's the case, uh, this is a platform for, Simmons to now do that and to set the record straight on what went down between him and Chris Jones. Uh, but yeah, Nate says a uh, nice, nice knowing you, Sam. Yeah. Jeffrey Simmons is uh, not very high up on my list of guys that I'd like to get into a confrontation with. And I hope it's not a confrontation. I hope we have an understanding, but it's uh, you know, I have to ask the questions. Yeah. And so uh, I did see um, Sin City Titan says, I'm inclined to not believe Chris Jones. Why would he name drop Jeffrey Simmons? Well, it's pretty simple. So if you did miss this, Orlando says he didn't see this. Chris Jones said after the game Sunday night that he talked to Jeffrey Simmons uh, during the week to pick their brain. And they knew Ryan Tannehill was in a boot and they knew that Malik Willis was going to play and they were allowed to prepare well for Malik Willis. That is what Chris Jones said in a press conference that is very public. There is video for it. And uh, Trammell says, that was a stupid write-up, Sam. Dude was clearly joking, as in Chris Jones. No, that's not a stupid write-up. Well, Chris well, Jones has to has to know what he's saying. Chris well, Jones. Also, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not my job to insinuate what Chris Jones's tone was and the yes. things that he's saying. My, my job is to report the information and make the most of the information that I have. I think uh, based off of what Chris Jones said and watching the video evidence that is out there and looking yeah. at the transcripts that are out there, there is a question to be asked of Jeffrey Simmons of, hey, what is this about? Why is he saying this? Either, uh, as Austin put it to me on Monday, either Chris Jones is fabricating, lying, embellishing about a friend and putting his friend Jeffrey Simmons in a bad light or uh, Jeffrey Simmons might have said something accidentally to Chris Jones, which did lead to those comments being made. Either way, I think it is a, a question and a story that is very intriguing and interesting when looking at the dynamic uh, of their relationship, of the way the game played out, all of those things. Yeah, and somebody asked, like, you know, why does Chris Jones name drop Jeffrey Simmons? They are friends. They both went to Mississippi State. They're both Bulldogs. Now, Chris Jones was leaving Mississippi State as Jeffrey Simmons was coming in, but there have been conversations, and Jeffrey Simmons has mentioned Chris Jones uh, several times throughout the years uh, on that. So, uh, and yeah, that's, that's absolutely a newsworthy story, Trammell, because that is a Chris Jones, a big star player, saying something where that's not how it's supposed to be. And just the people that say, uh, that everybody knew Ryan Tannehill, uh, Titans Cowboys. Everyone knew Tannehill was in a boot. 
No. No, because like you you might guess that he was in a boot. We saw Ryan Tannehill in a boot Sunday after the Colts uh, went over the Colts, right? Then when Ryan Tannehill spoke to the media, the two Wednesdays in between the Colts press conference with a boot on and then playing uh, or then and then going into Sunday night, he had two press conferences, tennis shoe, no boot, right? So no, you're assuming. It, it had Ryan been Tannehill it had been two full weeks yes. from the last time we had seen Ryan Tannehill in a boot to the game against Kansas City. Two full weeks from that time to to that game. So we knew Tannehill was in a boot at one point, but the report had been he was practicing, he had his boot off, he was taped up, he was trying to work into practice. So there's a difference. There's a big difference there. Ryan Tannehill and Adam Schefter. The insider of all insiders said about two hours before the game, I don't know who's starting. Uh, he didn't know. The Titans kept that very close to the vest. And, you know, that is the question. I saw a question earlier that says, I think Chris Jones said that to get back Simmons for chirping. That's a possibility. And, and that's kind of what Jeffrey Simmons can set the record straight on today, yes. whether or not that conversation happened, whether he's embellishing a conversation, whether it didn't happen whatsoever. And Jones is just making things up. But yeah. the fact that he made the statement, given the information that was public and was out there, that he knew Malik Willis was going to start and that Ryan Tannehill was in a boot, it's concerning and it does bring up questions for Jeffrey Simmons. So absolutely. So we'll we'll see the report and follow up on that uh, throughout the day uh, today. But Sam, let's go ahead and get to the initial conversation that we wanted to have today, and it's based off an article uh, you wrote yesterday about the Titans needing to make a, a, a pretty big adjustment going into this Broncos game. So let's ask everybody this question, and I'm going to answer the question before, Sam, we get your opinion on this. But what is the biggest adjustment the Titans need to make before the Broncos game? What is the biggest adjustment the Titans need to make before the Broncos game? But first, let me tell everybody about our great sponsor, Hughes and Coleman. They're the official injury lawyers of the Tennessee Titans. And if you've been injured in a car wreck, there's only one place for you to call. That's Hughes and Coleman for a free case consultation. Their number is as easy as it gets. 800-800-4600. A free cons case consultation could go a long way into you getting the money you deserve from the insurance company because Hughes and Coleman, they're experienced. They've been doing it for over 30 years across the state of Tennessee and in Kentucky. They've recovered over $1 billion for their clients and can do the same thing if you've been injured in a car wreck, so call them for a free case consultation at 800-800-4600. Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers, Principal Office in Nashville, Tennessee. Today's show is powered by the king of sportsbooks. That is BetMGM. And right now with the promo code ATOZ Sports, BetMGM is offering a risk-free $1,000 bet on pro football with that promo code. So go to the BetMGM app and you use the promo code ATOZ Sports while placing a bet. And your bet up to $1,000 is risk-free. If you lose, you get the money back, get another chance at it. Uh, so no risk. That's the best way to sports gamble. So get on BetMGM. Use promo code ATOZ Sports. All right, so A to Z Sports on this show. We're asking this Wednesday, what's the biggest adjustment the Titans need to make before the Broncos game? And Sam, you have a pretty strong opinion on this. Uh, and then Mal Malachi says, when does the injury report come out? Curious to see if Henry's on there. That should be around 3 o'clock or so uh, Wednesday afternoon for the first one. Uh, but uh, Caleb just says, fire Todd Downing. <laughs> and Luis uh, L-Train says, hire Frank Reich as OC. And then Caleb says, 
uh, new offensive coordinator. So out of the gates, uh, Todd Downing not faring pretty well in the answers to this question. But Darren shocker. says – It's a shocker yeah, that Todd right? Downing's catching heat early. Uh, right, yeah. Uh, Darren says catch the damn ball. Tank says keep contain. Guy says get a whole new wide receiving core. So I might call a 30-second timeout. There are a couple of things that the Titans cannot do before the Broncos game. One, they are not and will not fire uh, Todd Downing and hire Frank Reich as the offensive coordinator before Sunday against the Broncos. Todd Downing is probably not going to go anywhere because there's really nobody else on the offensive coaching staff that has play calling experience, which I think is also very intriguing as well. So Todd Downing's not going anywhere this season. They also cannot completely get a new wide receiver core uh, from Wednesday to Sunday. So guy, unfortunately, uh, that's not uh, something that's going to happen. Uh, Delvin says it, the adjustment depends on who's starting under center, which is fair. Jill says second half scoring. Jarvis says play like they are losing in the second half, which I think is interesting. Uh, we just went over Larry saying uh, fire downing. Nate says biggest adjustment, hip replacement for Bud Dupree. Uh, Mr. Clean says cut uh, delay. Daily. Daily. Dennis, okay. Dennis Daly, yeah. Cut Dennis Daly ASAP and hand over play calling for good. Orlando says get some separations by the wide receivers because uh, the Broncos have good corner. Kenny says O-line protection. So, Sam, I know you have a, a, an answer that you want to get to and you have some video to go with it. And I guess Tim Kelly, uh, my bad, Tim Kelly is on the staff. I forget that Tim Kelly's there because he's not allowed to talk to the media. So, we don't put, see him. We do yeah, not. So we him. don't see him. So he's kind of like, does he exist? Yes, he does exist. So my him bad. That's Jim, my him fault. And Jim Schwartz are like the ghosts of the coaching staff. We yeah. know they're doing something. We just don't yeah. know what it is. So my bad on that uh, statement retracted. The Titans do have Tim Kelly, which was the entire reason. It's the insurance for Todd Downing if he's not very good. So there is an option there. It's just not going to happen this week. It would already happen on a Monday if that was going to be the move. So Sam, my my answer to this question is what's the biggest adjustment the Titans need to make before the Broncos game? I think they need to keep Derrick Henry on the field more. I think against the Chiefs in the second half, they were too quick to put in their sub-offensive packages and put Derrick Henry on the sideline. Derrick Henry played 28 out of the 48 snaps on offense. That's not enough. And he got the ball 17 times. He had zero targets as well. And situational football, Darren, is very important. I see your comment there. But I feel like the Titans were too quick to remove Derrick Henry when they were in a passing situation. If it's second or if it's first and 15, I feel like Henry was off the field. Yeah, I mean, that that's what I've struggled with with this second half is we hear Todd Downing and – specifically Todd Downing used this term so often is bread and butter schemes. What are the Titans bread and butter schemes and what they do best and what that bread and butter is, is Derrick Henry. And it's, you know, five yards in a cloud of dust and then putting yourself in a position ahead of the chains to let Derrick break one. And when we saw their successful drives in Kansas city, it was the drives that Derrick was dominant on. It was that second quarter that he had 92 rushing yards during and basically for the rest of the game, he had like 20 rushing yards total. Yeah. That's a problem. And what the issue has been has been those early penalties, as Ben Jones referenced yesterday to the media over Zoom, and they keep talking about early penalties put them in those first and 15. 
And I felt the same way as you were. The Titans are so quick to be like, oh, we're in first and 15. Oh, we're in first and 20. Yeah. Let's let Malik throw the ball. And I think they're choosing to forget a little bit, or at least let's let Malik scramble or try something cute. And they're getting too cute with it. You know what you do well. It's 22 up the middle. It's 22 uh, with as much space as you can, and you try and break a long one. And if you stay at it and you keep hammering Derrick Henry, eventually it's going to work. And the Titans right now have been far too cute with how they've handled uh, being behind in the down and distance. And they, they need more Derrick Henry involved. They haven't used him, and it's resulted in drives where – not only are they not scoring, but you look up and go, why does Derrick Henry have five carries in the second half? That's well, and like I understand why he didn't have as many carries in the second half because of those penalties. Like he had a nine yard carry on first down uh, in the third quarter, but he got called back for Aaron Brewer hold. So, like, so I, you know, and then that put them in a situation where they couldn't go back to it. Like, I understand that. I just feel like the Titans in Sunday night in Kansas city, got to the point to where if Derrick Henry wasn't an option to give a handoff to, he wasn't in the game. Like, well, and what was working for the Titans was the, the read option with yes. Malik using Malik Willis's legs and his skill set off of Derrick Henry without Derrick Henry in there. It's not really as big of a threat that matters too. Right. So it, that's kind of what I was thinking. So if you have 17 carries for Derrick Henry and 28 overall snaps, there's only 11 plays that Derrick Henry was on the field where he didn't get the ball. Uh, he just needs to be on the field more. And what I subscribe to is less Hassan Haskins on offense, more Derrick Henry and Dontrell Hilliard together. You know, especially if you don't see Burks and some other weapons come off of injured reserve over the next couple of weeks, and especially against Denver. I really think they need to push more with those two guys on the field together, especially in third down situations. Because if the Titans are in third and four with Malik Willis right now, then I think that he needs to be in the shotgun flanked by Henry and Hilliard. I understand Derrick Henry is not good at pass protection. He has never been. He's better than what he was, but he's still the third best pass protecting running back on the team behind Hilliard and Haskins. He is. He's He's the Hilliard's better. I I mean, Haskins is by far the best. Hilliard is absolutely better than Derrick Henry pass protection. There's zero doubt. All right. That's just that. They're they're telling us that with the third down usage. Yeah. So so my point is, who has been a lot better this year at uh, receiving? Derrick Henry. So put Hilliard and Henry together, and then maybe have Hilliard stay in to block and sneak Henry out for a quick check down pass. Because what have we seen? When Derrick Henry uh, is getting a check down pass, he's typically open and he typically gains five to seven yards or more. Um, And and I'm talking about the check down, not the screens, but that's kind of what I feel like is the biggest adjustment they should make before the Broncos game is allow Derrick Henry to get snaps, even if you're not just going to feed him the football. He needs to just be out there more because you're, you're better when Derrick Henry is on the field, regardless if he's getting the ball in his gut or not. Yeah. I mean, it's what I, I tweeted out during the game. Like that finally, like this is how you use Malik Willis, with Derrick Henry, I was frustrated in the game against Houston uh, with Malik Willis's usage in the sense that his best trait is his legs. His best trait is his athleticism and what he can do opening up the running lanes for Derrick Henry 
just by using him in some play action, getting him on a bootleg, doing a design QB run here or there. I thought it, I think it opens up the field a ton. And if you don't have Ryan Tannehill, who makes your offense two dimensional through the passing game, you should at least try and use Malik Willis to make your offense two dimensional through his own legs and through the play action game and through the quarterback run game. And, and that, as I said, it, it was so, so, so prevalent and so effective in the second quarter. You looked up in the second half and said, where did those designed runs go? Where did those play actions go? Where did those boots go and read options? And it was because Derrick Henry wasn't out there and, and teams pay less attention to it. So I do agree with you. I think third and long, third and eighth and probably yeah. longer. That's a son Haskins time. Put out your best pass protector and, and let it rip. Yeah. Uh, but in all the other situations, yeah, having Derrick Henry and Dontrell Hilliard makes things way keeps a, a defense way more off balance and allows Malik to do things too if he's the one playing quarterback with his legs off of that run game. Do you remember the play against the Texans when Derrick Henry started? They were both in the shotgun. Hilliard and Henry were were flanking uh, Willis. Henry motioned behind Willis, and they faked a swing pass motion to the left to Derrick Henry and then handed it off counter to Dontrell yeah. Hilliard, who scampered around the edge and gained like 12 yards. Like that. Like every, all about it. Like Derrick Henry's on the field. With Dontrell Hilliard, and he doesn't get the ball. Like, couple weeks, I mean, yeah, a couple weeks ago, there was the p- touchdown pass to to Dontrell Hilliard off of having both of that. I think it was Washington, I believe, but you had both of them on the field at the same time, and there was a little trickery. Everybody looked at twenty two. Dontrell Hilliard was wide open for the and, touchdown, and Dontrell Hilliard is quick and fast enough to take advantage of that split second. Yeah, that split second of a linebacker's eyes following Derrick Henry gives Dontrell Hilliard enough window to do something with it. For sure. All right, here's my deal. I will go on a rant. Somebody commented it earlier. I Ooh. saw somebody made a comment earlier that was pretty close to what I'm going to talk about. Before I talk about it, let's hear from Mike Vrabel because Mike Vrabel was asked after the game, you know, Mike, is there much more you guys could have done, especially defensively? And he came in saying, look, there are no moral victories for this team. We came here to win. So, yes, there's more everybody could have done uh, and he pinpointed something the same thing a couple of the titans players pinpointed the same thing i'm going to pinpoint today so here is uh mike vrabel talking about one adjustment the titans need to make before this weekend's game against denver um yeah i mean we you know we need everybody you know we we redo you know we we guys are all prepared you know we you know, Mario gave us some some really good snaps. Demarcus gave us some really good snaps. So there's a lot of encouraging things there. You know, both of those guys kind of been looking for opportunities, and you know, I feel like they they did that. You know, Tier gave us you know some push. Um, so it just everybody has to be on the same page. Every you know, Danico continues to do that, and then we know about Jeff, but. You know, we just all have to be on the same page. You know, whether it's Bud out there working with somebody or whoever it may be, uh, just making sure that we're on the same page and that, um, you know, we don't have one guy coming under, one guy going over the top and, and, and giving those quarterbacks that there's so many of them in this league. We'll play another one this week that can, you know, get into a defense and, and break down a defense. And, you know, the DBs, you know, it's like plaster all week, plaster all week. The guy can throw it everywhere else. So they're, they're turning and... There you go. 
So that is Mike Vrabel on the Titans defense. Tank Sinatra, the same thing Tank pointed out. Yes, Tank, you were the one that mentioned it. Contain. Uh, my, my view on it is more of your rush lanes. That is the adjustment the Titans need to make because we have seen so often the amount of success that they've been able to have up front. Their defensive front has been really, really impressive. As Mike Vrabel mentioned, the breakout season of Tier Tart, mm -hmm. uh, some good snaps from Demarcus Walker, as well as obviously Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree, Danico Autry, all of your main uh, guys up front. They had a lot of pressure coming at Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was under a lot of duress and having to move around. The problem they weren't taking the most effective, most efficient rush lanes or the smartest rush lanes, and they were providing big holes in the line. And Patrick Mahomes, being a guy with mobility and with IQ, was able to manipulate that to both run and to extend plays to burn the Titans' defense and burn their secondary. I wrote this in my article the other day, uh, Austin, but next-gen stats reported that Patrick Mahomes ran around. It was over 400 yards before throwing the ball total in the game. He was just moving around, manipulating yeah. his pocket. He had over 60 rushing yards. He scored the game-tying touchdown, which ended up pushing the game to overtime with his legs because of a similar situation. When you have a guy that can do that you, and, and can move, you have to be able to contain him. And the Titans have games coming up with Russell Wilson this weekend, a guy that has a similar mobility to Patrick Mahomes. You have to play Jalen Hurts. You have to play Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert is similar to Mahomes and uh, Wilson with some of his. He's a pocket passer first, but he has the mobility to get you if he needs to. Davis Mills, even later in the year, like Davis Mills, that is going to be something moving forward. The Texans are a bad football team, but when you mm -hmm. face quarterbacks like that, you have to contain them, especially another stat, Austin. The Titans rushed Patrick Mahomes on Sunday night without bringing a blitz more times than any other team in the NFL, and they got a record pressure while not bringing a blitz. Over 30% yeah. of their snaps that they didn't bring a blitz, they brought pressure to Patrick Mahomes, and they hurried him in the pocket. That's great. That means you're dropping more guys into coverage. It also means you have less guys to fill little gaps in the middle when Patrick Mahomes drops back and looks for somewhere to go. That is the adjustment for me. Find a way. You know that you can win one-on-one. -on -one. You know that your win rate up front is good. But you have to be on the same page and be smart about how you're rushing to contain these quarterbacks and not let their legs beat you because with the upcoming schedule, it will. Yeah, and the game and the loss against the Chiefs really came down to two plays that Mahomes made. That touchdown drive to tie it after the two-point conversion was 13 plays for 93 yards that took seven minutes off the clock. In the fourth quarter, we all know the third and 17, right? That was absolutely brutal. Or third and 17 on their own 31 yard line, Mahomes ran for 20 yards, zigzagging through the Titans defense. But then the touchdown was a third and nine. Third and nine from the 14 yard line. All you were that, I mean, that, the Chiefs were gone for it on fourth down. So you were two plays to stop. But third and nine is exactly where you want Patrick Mahomes to be on the 14 yard line. That's tough. And what happened on that specific play where Mahomes ran for the touchdown, it was the fact that Rashad Weaver got selfish. And I don't think Rashad Weaver's a selfish player. I, don't, I think he's a good player. He's a young player, but he got a little greedy. He got greedy and he went too aggressive up the field and tried to make a play and he played hero ball. 
And normally when you play hero ball, you hang somebody out to dry. And that's what Rashad Weaver did on that specific 39. Weaver went way outside and Mahomes had all the grass to run 14 yards for a touchdown. And you know, the, the two point conversion, we all, we've been over that on Monday. Zach and I did uh, Travis Kelsey should have had that be a two point conversion from the 12 yard line uh, for the third attempt, not uh, from the two, but that's, that's the tough thing there. So yeah, I absolutely agree. I don't necessarily think that Russell Wilson is the same level of threat. I don't think really anybody well, maybe maybe Jalen hurts is the same level of threat as Mahomes when it comes to this, but Russell Wilson has converted eight first downs with his legs this year. And that is what hurts you is the quarterback stealing a first down when the defense does its job, but he sneaks out late and gets the sticks uh, and he's done that eight times so far this year. No, yeah, and, and Kevin Byard talked to the media about it over Zoom uh, on Tuesday and kind of went over some of the differences between Mahomes and Wilson. And while he said they, he thought they had a similar mobility, but they just use it in a different way, Russell Wilson is more of a scramble-to-throw kind of guy where Patrick Mahomes isn't afraid to say, oh, we need 17 here, I can take off and go get it. So there's a little bit of a difference there, but Russell Wilson has, he's a little bit older now, but he has built his career off of that same ability to extend a play and make something happen. This has not been his greatest season. Absolutely. No, there's no questioning that. Uh, but yeah, I do think that he's still a threat. And as we said, these younger quarterbacks that are coming up, I saw somebody mention Trevor Lawrence too. You still mm -hmm. have two games with Trevor Lawrence. He's very similar in that way where he's a pass first guy. But being that young and that mobile and that athletic, he uses it to his advantage when he needs to. So Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, two games against Trevor Lawrence, this Russell Wilson game. This is an adjustment that the Titans need to make. And by the way, they will need to make for playoff football because you can't beat Tua. You can't beat Josh Allen. You can't beat any of these quarterbacks without being able to contain them and bring pressure on them in the pocket. And the Titans learned that the hard way in week two. So yeah, that, that's the deal for me. That's what I want to see out of their defense. I think their defense has taken steps to be almost perfect. They did just about everything you could do in Kansas City where fans would have uh, just been like, hey, you guys played your hearts out. And I still think they did. They left it all on the field. This is a slight tweak that I think can make a big difference. Yeah, sure. And uh, Troy says uh, that Rashad Weaver got held on that touchdown run by Mahomes if you go back and watch the tape. And I don't doubt it because the Chiefs uh, offensive line, especially their tackles, were holding the entire night. But one thing I have noticed with Rashad Weaver, and he's a young player, this is basically Rashad Weaver's rookie season because he broke his leg in his first ever game in his actual rookie season. Rashad Weaver, I've noticed at times, doesn't fight through the hold to get the call. And that's something that he will learn as he gets more snaps under his belt, is that if you want to get a call in the NFL, you have to strain and fight through it to make it even more noticeable. If you get held and then you just kind of quit and say, oh, he held me. You're not going to get it. You've got to make that referee see how hard you're scrapping and fighting through the hold to make it look as blatant as possible. And I've noticed that with Re with Weaver a couple times, especially in the run game, when he sometimes gets reach blocked and loses the edge, but he's not fighting through that to keep his outside shoulder open and he doesn't get the hold call that could have been made there. 
Yeah. Xavier says Joe Burrow doesn't run, Sam. He doesn't run as like a, a runner. He runs as a scrambler. He's got five rushing touchdowns, four or five rushing touchdowns this year. I saw him the other week. He had like a 20-yard rushing touchdown on a similar look. The defense brought a lot of pressure, but they forgot a big hole right through the middle of their line. He just stepped up, ran forward, hit a spin move, and got in. These young quarterbacks, almost all of them can run. Maybe like without with the exception of like Mac Jones is like the only one, but most of these guys that are in their first, like one, two, three years in the league, they can move a little bit and they're not afraid to. So yeah, he's not going to beat you for 50 yards, but he might beat you for a big first down here or a big touchdown here. Uh, he's got four rushing touchdowns. So yeah, there he's got the ability to do it in the red zone uh, when people are more focused on coverage. Yeah. A to Z sports here live on this Wednesday, Sam, let's go ahead and get to this Traylon Burks update from Mike Vrabel, a positive update uh, from Mike Vrabel on the Titans rookie wide receiver. Uh, But before we get to that Burks update, first let me tell you guys all about our sponsor, Wilson County Hyundai. WilsonCountyHyundai.com is where to go to check out all their inventory. And you should absolutely make Wilson County Hyundai a part of your new car buying process because Payne Bones is the great guy. He is. And he hires good people too. And so they will take care of you and not give you a uncomfortable feeling when you're on the car lot that you see all over the place. And uh, Payne's family-owned car dealership, that's what you want to do there. You're also going to save money because Wilson County Hyundai is in Lebanon. It's not Nashville. You don't have to pay that downtown price for your vehicle. And the Hyundai brand is incredible. It's it's getting all the different technology. They have the self-parking feature, which I just think is really cool uh, with their new models. So go check them out. Whatever that car might look like, Wilson County Hyundai can get you in it at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Today's show is powered by BetMGM. BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks, and they're offering a $1,000, up to $1,000, risk-free bet on pro football with the promo code ATOZ Sports. If you're looking to get into the sports gambling space, if that's been something you've been considering but just really haven't pulled the trigger on, you're nervous about the risk behind it, this is the perfect opportunity because this is risk-free up to $1,000. All you have to do is go to the BetMGM app, use the promo code ATOZ Sports, place a bet in whatever amount your bet is for. That is a risk-free amount where if the bet loses, you get that money back into the account to try again get another attempt at winning that money back. So there's no reason not to do it. This is as little risk as possible because it's risk-free. No, no risk at all. That's BetMGM, promo code A-T-O-Z sports. Yeah, visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions, subject qualifications, eligible requirements. Words issued at knowledgeable for bets or credit. For bets expiring seven days. For problem game support, call Tennessee Redline 800-889-9789. All right, so Traylon Burks has been on injured reserve for four games. Five weeks when you include the bye with the turf toe that happened on October 2nd in Indianapolis. And so turf toe, it, you know, we talked to doc, uh, doc uh, did a doc talk segment with the bone and joint Institute uh, that week about it. And the conversation was really about that grade two uh, turf toe situation there. Um, and so I actually do have a video that will ask, uh, that will play from that doc talk about Traylon Burks and his turf toe before we get to uh, the Mike Vrabel update uh, from Monday. Yeah, there are grades. So we grade a turf toe injury, a grade one, a grade two, and a grade three, one being the mildest, three being the most severe. Grade one is where you stretch the ligaments, but you don't really tear them. Uh, 
Two, uh, you have a little more injury and uh, some tearing of the ligaments, but the joint is still nice and stable, uh, but just more injured. And then a grade three, uh, a lot of times you're actually tearing the ligaments completely. You could even fracture a bone. The toe could be dislocated. Uh, threes are obviously uh, really uh, severe injuries. It doesn't sound like from what we hear that Traylon had that type of injury. Uh, even a grade one may keep you out of uh, play for a week or two or three. Grade twos, maybe uh, three to six weeks, depending on how quickly they respond uh, to therapy and treatment. But uh, it sounds like his was a more mild one or two type of injury. So mild one or two means three to six weeks. We're sitting here at five weeks uh, from that spot when he hurt the turf toe. So that's uh, right there from the Bone and Joint Institute, uh, our great uh, partner there to help us out with those dog talk situations. But here's Mike Vrabel uh, on Traylon Burks from Monday. Window for uh, Traylon this week? Or? Uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see how he's feeling. You know, he has worked extremely hard. Um, and and to, to stay in shape and condition, take care of his body, lift. Um, mentally, you know, I think this is the just the best that he's been from a standpoint of handling uh, distraction, which is something uh, – different and, and sometimes new for for young players so I will say that that uh, you know whenever he's ready you know I, I'm, I'm excited for him to get back out there and we'll see where where that is this week um, because he's been in here he's been on time he's done everything that we've asked him to do um, worked hard and uh, you know we'll just have to see where he's at physically what do you think about that comment there, uh, Sam, from Mike Vrabel? Oh, he said a lot of good things about Traylon Burks. Yeah, well, one, it sounds like we'll know today because he said we'll see where that is this week. Today's the first day of practice this week. We'll see if Traylon's in the locker room and on the field. So that is a, a big development, uh, even bigger than I uh, probably let on at the beginning of the show to see where Traylon Burks is because the Titans getting him back uh, would certainly be a, a – Sight for sore eyes for a lot of Titans fans that have been watching this wide receiver group. Uh, what I do think about that, though, is what you said. He's saying a lot of good things about Traylon Burks. For those of you that have not been uh, watching all of Mike Vrabel's press conferences that weren't really in tune with what Vrabel was saying about Traylon Burks early on, when he was dealing with the whole conditioning thing and the whole injury thing and not being on the practice field and all of this stuff, anytime he was asked for an update, it was kind of this somber, uh, you know, he, he keeps trying to work to get on the field. Like he, he whatever. This felt like a much more optimistic. Mike Vrabel was genuinely, genuinely impressed with the work Traylon Burks has done and how he's been, been looking recently to have that kind of tone in his voice and have that kind of response. So, uh, yeah, my eyes are glued looking for 16 today. Yeah, Dr. Durr, when I was talking with him about Traylon Burks and the turf toe, it was interesting. I asked him because I thought this was interesting too, is if you hurt your toe, how do you stay in shape? How do you stay in cardiovascular yeah. shape while you're trying to rest? Because rest and so there's some other treatment things you can do, but rest is the main thing for it. And uh, Dr. Dirt said that, you know, you can get in the pool and do a lot of work there in the pool with conditioning or riding the bike. And like you can ride the stationary bike as much as you want, but you ain't simulating routes on the bike. And so I, I would just be curious on how they were able uh, to get him to have that type of conditioning 
you know, it's foot being a wide receiver, every position in the NFL or in the, the sport has a different definition of shape, right? Like wide receiver shape is how can you explode, uh, you know, and, and run a crisp explosive route, then not get the ball, then jog 30 yards back to the huddle to get out there and go do it again. You know, offensive line shape is how can you be as explosive and powerful for four seconds, you know, and then stop and get back. So there's a lot of different things there. And so I just don't know how you simulate that type of explosive conditioning by working maybe in pool work. Uh, if you can limit the, the range of motion for the toe, you know, the bike I find interesting. So there's ways to do it. I'm just curious because Traylon Burks is a guy who has struggled with conditioning for one reason or the other throughout his college and early pro career. Yeah. I don't know. This will be interesting. I will say like my prediction, if I have to make a prediction for what I'm going to see when I go to St. Thomas sports park today, I think he's out this week. That would be my prediction. And the reason I say that is I look at uh, Mike Vrabel has usually been rather forthcoming, surprisingly enough about guys being elevated or working back onto the practice field on Monday when he talks about them on Monday. Now with Elijah Molden, he didn't say anything, but when Monty Rice came back from IR and we were finally seeing him back, Mike let us know on Monday that like, yeah, we think he's ready to start working into practice. He didn't quite say that with Traylon yet. So it will be interesting. How much is he playing close to the vest again? Uh, is this really just Traylon needs another week, which I think is a very real possibility, but yeah, that's the question. Yes. You might be healthy. Are you what Mike Vrabel says? Have you been working hard? Are you in shape? Cause if he's in shape, Austin, if he, if he is well, coming in, but I'm saying if he's coming into this off this injury, feeling maybe even better than he went down, you might see a different animal coming out of trailing Burks uh, here yeah. as he gets back on the field. I want to play the Vrabel uh, video again and about trailing Burks. And then we'll ask everybody a question to get them more involved here. So here's Vrabel once again for Monday window for uh, trailing this week. Or? Oh, we'll see, you know, we'll see how he's feeling. You know, he has worked extremely hard um, and, and to, to stay in shape and condition, take care of his body, lift um, mentally. You know, I think this is the just the best that he's been from a standpoint of handling uh, distraction, which is something uh, different and, and sometimes new for for young players. So I will say that that uh, you know, whenever he's ready, you know, I, I'm I'm excited for him to get back out there, and we'll see where where that is this week. So I think it was interesting the words that Mike Vrabel chose. Like Chris Jones chose his words poorly Sunday night, and when he called out Jeffrey Simmons for maybe Simmons something do didn't do, but Mike Vrabel says to stay in shape and conditioned. Yeah, not that he's working to stay in shape. He stayed in shape and conditioned. I think that was, you know, it's really putting a magnifying glass over words, but I, I do think it's interesting there. No, it is good. It's it's all great stuff that you want to hear. That I mean that that's the update everybody was I mean you said you said off the top of the show positive, negative, neutral. I think it was a positive update. I really do because Mike Vrabel's tone says a lot to me and Mike Vrabel's word choice says a lot to me. And I think the words that he chose to use uh point to a lot of positive developments on the Traylon Burks front, which is something to celebrate for Titans fans. All right. So let's ask this question. True or false, 
Traylon Burke's return would fix the Titans' wide receiver problems this season? This is a loaded, this is an interesting question. True or false, Traylon Burke's return would fix the Titans' wide receiver problems this season. But first, let me tell you guys about the Bone and Joint Institute. You heard Dr. Durr there, who's a foot and ankle specialist at the Bone and Joint Institute, joined me back in October to talk about turf toe with Traylon Burks uh, and gave us some good insight there that we can use as Burks is trying to eye a return to the field for the Titans. And the Bone and Joint Institute can absolutely get you back to health as well because they have Dr. Durr and a dozen-plus other specialists in Franklin who specialize in any type of of injury possible. I've had my shoulder and knee looked at by Dr. Scott Arthur. My guy, Jeff Watson, helped me out with my plantar fasciitis this summer. I know Zach uses Dr. Paul Thomas for his shoulder situations that he's had in the past. So they've got it all, guys, and they've got a great facility in there, there in Franklin. Also have clinics in Brentwood, Thompson Station, and in Nolensville. So they're growing, growing, growing. Boneandjointtn.org. Today's show is powered by BetMGM, and BetMGM is known as the king of sportsbooks for a reason. That's because they offer a risk-free bet up to $1,000 on pro football with promo code ATOZ Sports. So go to the BetMGM app, use that promo code, place any bet on pro football for this upcoming week, and your bet is risk-free up to $1,000. If you're looking to get into the sports gambling space, Use the sports book that is the king of sports books. That's BetMGM and promo code ATOZ Sports. All right, the question true or false? Traylon Burke's return would fix the Titans' wide receiver problems this season. Tank, false, LOL. <laughs> Bama Brad, fix is too strong. So I'll take that as a false. Dion says false. Uh, Teddy Wop says true. Deshaun says false AF. Cincinnati Titans says False. Corey says uh, false. Bama says helps a lot. He would say true, but he is a false for that uh, strong of fix. Jay says false. Danny says false. Unrealistic expectation. G-Man says false. Not happening this season. Too little, too late. Brad says false. Helps, not fix. Titans Kyle says false. Noah says false. Helps, but won't fix. Gene says false. It'll help, but won't solve it. There's a lot of a lot of that funny false um, uh, upgrade, not fix. If he's in football shape, false. Can we define fix? Keen, thank you for answering this question. Sam, how how do you define fix in this context? Because King, thank you for yeah. I mean, it's not going to make it in a competitive NFL wide receiver group that other teams have. I mean, we know we knew that coming into this year, though, that this was a weakness. I define fix. Can it put the Titans back into the same shape they were in at the start of the season? That's how I define it. Where, where your passing game isn't a li- complete liability because of your wide receiver core. Where guys can make the plays they're supposed to make. That's how I define fix. It's not going to be a strength of the Titans roster. No way. That, that's, that ship has sailed. You guys are right. That is an issue for the offseason and for John Robinson to try and take care of in the off season. Uh, I view, can it fix it as, are we going to be sitting here two weeks from now with Traylon Burks back on the team saying, why do we have no wide receivers? That's how I view it. Yeah. I look at the last half the Titans played with a healthy Traylon Burks at Indianapolis. And I say, that's it. Can Traylon Burks, make the Titans be that 
where, look, they took advantage of a couple turnovers with short fields, but what did they do with them? They scored touchdowns. You know, five plays, 32 yards touchdown after the Colts fumbled on the opening possession. Earlier on uh, in that, uh, or later on in that first half, an interception the Titans got off of Matt Ryan, and what happened? Uh, they turned that five plays, 28 yards into a touchdown. They finished. But then they had a 75-yard touchdown drive. Then they had another drive where they gained 41 yards and kicked the field goal. So 24 points on those drives because what they had, they had a, they had a the most complete offense that they've had. And that was a healthy Ryan Tannehill, a really healthy and effective Derrick Henry, Traylon Burks making plays in the receiving game and running the football in an end around. You had good play calling. You had Chig make a couple plays. You had Robert Woods making plays. That's it, right? So that's the last time we saw this Titans offense healthy. So I think it's true. Like if that's defining fix, then yes. Because if Traylon Burks didn't get hurt in that second half, I think they would be building on a lot of things from that first half to get them to where they're not. Now look, Tannehill's injury will always have set them back. But I really do think Traylon Burks was gaining steam in that first half there. Yeah, I I unfortunately agree with you. I do like I You I unfortunately think, agree with me? Well, well I mean be. better conversation. I'm not sure chat's gonna like it very much, but I do think with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, with Traylon Burks healthy and in shape. That I mean, that's the the question that we're posing. If he's healthy and in shape and ready to go. I think you have to respect the Titans pass game. You don't have to, somebody said worried. No, no DBs ever been worried about the Titans wide receivers. I'm not worried about them being worried about it, but can they respect it enough? And I think Traylon Burks does that because we saw Malik Willis make throws against Kansas city, the deep ball, to Chris Conley, the, the one over the top to Nick Westbrook, Kine that they didn't catch. And you're kind of like, well, I mean, what are we doing here? We have a rookie quarterback who sh- Throwing isn't his biggest strength, but when he makes great throws like that, we have to catch the ball. Like, this is inexcusable stuff. Traylon Burks makes those catches. Robert Woods makes those catches. Putting another guy on the opposite side of Robert Woods that can go win a 50-50 ball, that can catch through contact, that can get some yak. These are the things the Titans offense has been missing. I don't think right now, like we already said it. They're not going to overhaul this wide receiver room. They can't. That ship has sailed. It's not going to be a great wide receiver room. But Traylon Burks, when healthy, can do enough to elevate this to a respectable level. And we saw that earlier in the year. Even when Traylon Burks wasn't doing a ton, he was making a play here and a play there that opened up a lot of other options for Austin Hooper and Jeff Swaim and Robert Woods. And with Ryan Tannehill throwing him the ball, all of a sudden the Titans passing game not good, but respectable. And that's all yeah. it has to be with Derrick Henry. Right. And, and G-Man says, you can't answer this as true, guys. Get real. Like, and, and so I think, G-Man, we created the question. And I think we created the question with what we thought the definition of fix was. Relative to what they can be. Like, they're not going to be an average passing game. They're going to be below average. Right. But but right now, they're dead last. So, Traylon Burks, because I when Traylon Burks comes back, Everybody else goes one spot back to their normal role. NWI slides back. Cody Hollister slides back. Uh, so they are in a better spot. Chris Conley, you know, we'll see if he wins the job over Cody Hollister for blocking wide receiver go to. 
and then uh, Robert Woods is is helped there too. And, and Thaddeus brings up a great point there too. Separation. I mean, it comes down to separation. Like w- Malik had his comment. He's running around back there looking for somebody saying, well, I hope somebody gets open soon. And you show the graphic right there. League average and receiver separation. Chiga Conquo is your best weapon in terms of getting separation at this point from, I think this is just from Sunday night. This is just Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah. So this like, don't look at those numbers. You have Cody Hollister, Chris Conley, Robert Woods, all essentially with less than one yard of separation on average between the three of them. That's not good enough. And the one thing Traylon Burks was doing was getting some separation. So yes, we have to define fixed again. Traylon Burks does not make the Titans have a good wide receiver core. No. It doesn't fix the fact that wide receiver is still a weakness of this team and an right. issue for this team. Absolutely not. But I think the Titans wide receiver play was, say this is the my screen right here is going to be the league. The Titans were here. Like they were towards the, make sure my hands are even. They were towards <laughs> the bottom. <laughs> They've kind of dipped down to below what we thought was possible without yeah. Traylon Burks. And all I'm saying is that, Traylon Burks can fix them and bring them right back to right here where you have to think about it. It can be a factor time to time. I mean, we saw Nick Westbrook-Ikine get a, get a deep ball at one point, like just a, a play here, a play there. That's all I'm really asking for. And that's what I think Traylon Burks can bring because that graphic is abominable. Like that is atrocious. Stuff. Yeah, it really is. And it's, and yeah, Traylon Burks was leading all wide uh, rookie wide receivers in the league in separation the first month of the season. So, you know, he fixes that problem because he's the most dynamic guy you've got out there to catch passes. Um, Sean says, Austin and Sam, would a player like Odell Beckham fix this what receiver problem? I've been saying it for weeks. I have, uh, you know, I know everybody wanted to trade. I've been saying I would give Odell Beckham a one-year deal. The issue is you miss the restructure deadline and you don't have much cap space. So I don't think it can happen anymore. That's the problem. You've got, I think it's less than $2 million of cap space. Odell's probably going to want more than that, and uh, somebody's going to give it to him. So by missing the restructure deadline, your cap situation is now kind of stuck. So I, I don't know if that's even a possibility at this point. But I've been saying for, for a couple of weeks now, Odell Beckham is not great. He's not a long-term fix. He's an option right now, and he's, yeah, and but- he's a serviceable option where I think if you get Traylon Burks healthy, and I think this is the example I used three weeks ago, Traylon Burks healthy plus Robert Woods plus Odell Beckham Jr., not the best wide receiving core, serviceable, fine. They, they can make the plays they should make. And I think it it was worth doing at the time. And John Robinson, once again, I think dropped the ball on not wow. doing the things necessary to set himself up to make that happen. I agree with Brian and G-Man. OBJ is not coming to Tennessee. And then G-Man adds, OBJ doesn't have the Titans run first offense on his radar. I, that's what I think. I think the only thing the Titans have on their side uh, for potentially signing Odell Beckham Jr. is the fact that Robert Woods is here and they've got a relationship from the LA Rams. But that's literally it. Outside of that, I think Dallas makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I know our A to Z Sports Dallas guys are really salivating over that for what that could do. Uh, and look, OBJ's done. He's done New York. He's done LA. He might as well go to Big Dallas and see what happens there uh, for his marketability. Uh, that's that's uh, to say that uh, the least. All right. So, Sam, let's go ahead and get to throwing shade on this Wednesday, but also 
The chat had some. Has Sam done? Has Sam done this before? We'll get uh, to those. Do you want to do those before throwing shade or after throwing? Well, we have shade? to wait for people to chat. So you can, if you want to go in the chat and say, "Hey, ask if Sam's done something." Like, have Sam? Have you ever written a check? What was another one we asked last week? Have you ever burned a CD? Yeah, we did that one. We did written a check, which again, why would I ever have to do that? Well, you uh, could have done that to fix your groceries problem last week. That's which, by the, the way, I we we do have to bring. Uh, well, this all right, all right, all right, yeah, right. okay. We'll get, we'll right. get to that. We'll, we'll get to that. All right. First, let me tell everybody about Farm Bureau Health Plans. Uh, you can pay for your health coverage via check, Sam, if you want to. And Farm Bureau Health Plans make that check smaller because they can save you on your health coverage. They'll get you better rates for actually better coverage and real service. Farm Bureau Health Plans. They've been helping Tennesseans out for over seventy-five years now. And you can do the same thing by going to fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Zach did it to start 2022, save 20 plus percent per month. Jack Gentry jumped on board the Farm Bureau Health Plan family, and that's working out great for him too. It's super easy. You go to the website, fbhp.com slash ATOZ, and go get yourself some better health coverage. Today's show is powered by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks has an offer you can't pass up, and it's a risk-free bet on pro football up to $1,000. So get the BetMGM app. Use promo code ATOZ Sports while you're there, and whatever bet you place on pro football, up to $1,000 of a bet, is risk-free. If the bet doesn't hit, that money is back into the BetMGM account. You can replace it, get another chance to win that kind of money. So if you're looking to get involved in the sports gambling space right now, you know, you've got NFL heating up here. A lot of good games coming up as they start to flex schedules, get better primetime matchups. That sounds like the kind of recipe for BetMGM and for getting involved on pro football. So use promo code ATOZ sports and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Throwing shade here on a Wednesday. So uh, we'll go ahead <clears throat> and throw some shade here. Uh, let's, <laughs> I'm trying to find uh, some actual shade, but we're getting a lot of. We might uh, have what... to just do, we might have to do this first and then get to shade because this is. All right. This so is Sam, Sam uh, let's see. What has Sam done? I'll I'm let trying... you pick them out and I'm I will. Find. Uh, Bork says, uh, Sam, have you called your mom this week? I have. Yes. I, I call my parents, uh, semi-regularly. I, do, I, I call my dad, but like my parents are like usually sitting together when I call my dad. So then it's just like a group convo. Hey, Sammy asks, Sam, what's your name short for Samuel or Samson? Samuel. Samuel. There you go. Um, Sam, have you ever rewound a VHS tape? Yes, you have. Yeah. Well, okay. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, we, we had like VHS was how we watched our movies as a kid. So we used to have all the little Disney VHS tapes and I would break them a lot of the time, like getting like the, the string mm -hmm. tangled or whatever it was. But yeah, I have done that. I, I guess we had the DV VHS player, which kind of rewound it for you. I'm assuming you're kind of referring to like doing it by hand manually you, yeah but yeah. you also have like yeah you could have the rewind machine thing yeah I, I don't think i've ever really done it fully by hand but i mean i've watched vhs's so before, i guess so. that means that you have been to a block you have rented a movie from a blockbuster before. i have yeah blockbuster was down the street growing up too blockbuster okay. was uh yeah blockbuster was sweet 
All right, here's a good one. Um, oh, well, Orlando says, "Can have you ever had to change a taillight? That's not necessarily something. It's just something that, like, if you haven't had opportunity to do it. Yeah, I don't think I've done that. But, like, yeah. that's, that's not really an age thing. That's more of a – but, I, <laughs> hey, I, we can do those. Uh, we can do those. Yeah, but I've always had shade on, like, getting pulled over, getting a ticket for your taillight being out is kind of unfair because you don't know that your taillight's out until yeah, somebody tells you your taillight's right. out. That's yeah. like a little side shade. This is a good one. Sam, the symbol that is a hashtag. What is the yeah. actual? Pound. Yeah, okay. it's pound. Okay, yeah, know. that one I knew. All right. And this is good. Sam, can you use a map, like a physical map? I would, I would have a hard time. I did it when I was a kid, like on road trips and stuff. I would always, me and my brother would always want to have the map and sit in the back seat and stuff. But I would have a hard time now. I still don't think like the generation above me still doesn't understand the fact that like, this is a GPS. My dad still tells me, he's like, yeah, you're good to go left on 90, take it down to 62. Do you go straight? <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like, dude, I'm just going to punch it into my phone. It gives, he's, he'll try and tell me traffic too. He's like, yeah, this time, you know, the 280 is pretty cl- crowded. I'll, I'm like, this tells me where the traffic is. Like it gives me the fastest route. Like I don't, yeah. I don't need directions. You and Zach are similar in that. Uh, Zach needs GPS to get anywhere. He's lived in Nashville his whole life. I do he... too. I probably would too. I mean, now like you could probably give me a spot and I could get there. It just would not be the most efficient way. Okay. I, I'm Look, there's so many good ones. Um, let's see. We'll roll. I mean, we can roll it over to it. Have you ever place. had to, have you ever used a pay phone? No, I've not. Never use a payphone. No, I have not used a payphone. I will say it's been a long time since I've used a payphone. Yeah, a I don't. I've never used a payphone. I'm by the time I was like old enough to go places and like need to use a payphone. Cell phones largely existed and landlines existed, so you didn't really need a payphone. But oh man, uh, there's some good ones. I, I think I'm gonna stop at that one unless i see something that has to be oh do you, have you ever do you had to use a compass no no who's used a compass ever me like i, I mean hi, maybe hiking or camping but i've also like done that i've i've camped one time like <laughs> and, it, and it was like last year i do like my family is like the least outdoors family ever and i like that stuff i've always been like i hit up all my friends from tennessee and i'm like dude you got to take me like fishing or something one time because I've never been fishing and I'm like, that would, that sounds so fun. I would love to go fishing and then like cook what I caught and do like the whole experience. I've never done it. My parents hate that stuff. So I, I hadn't gone camping until last year. I went to Colorado and just did it with a friend for like, like a week. We camped for like a week, but other than that, no, I have no compass. Yeah. No. Oh, uh, Sam, what's a floppy disk? I don't know. I mean, like, I uh, it's, a, it's like a CD, right? It's like pretty, it's just a big one. No. Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, why, why would I? Uh, I've heard of them. I don't know what that is. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, right. right. So, so Nate says this needs to be a new segment called Ask Sam. Oh, we, yeah. Just, it's so we, funny. It's so, it's just so trying funny. to ask me questions. Like, that's a great one. That's not even a have you done this. That's just a, hey, question, what is this? And me just being like, I don't know. Oh man, it's a uh, and Tress asks, it's the it was the USB before there was a USB. Sam, have you ever had oh. a, have you ever had a thumb drive? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, okay. we used thumb drives. That was that was the thing when I was a kid. Okay, well, what shape were they? Floppy disks. Yeah, 
like like kind of squarish. <laughs> <laughs> How big was like the port? Why is it called a disc? <laughs> I think right. I think like frisbee. I think like CD kind yeah, of stuff. It's like, a big floppy CD. Is what <laughs> that's what I picture. Oh man! All right, do you actually do you have, <laughs> do you actually have shade today? Yeah, I do actually. All right, hit me with it. So here's my shade. Bear with me. Okay. Doghouse Saloon in Midtown. Ooh. Shade. Okay. I was there yesterday trying to record a uh, a friend's band was playing at this band showcase. And I was doing like music video stuff for him, re- like recording. So I went and he was supposed to play at 745. So, so I arrived around 730 to this like band showcase event. We get there and like nobody it was the most unorganized thing like nobody knew who like the the leader was like who the check-in lady was who any of this was my friend's band didn't go on till like nine o'clock like after night so i'm just like sitting in doghouse saloon on a tuesday watching <laughs> mac football for like two hours and i'm just like can we like which What's is wrong like, with that Nothing wrong with that. I would have oh, liked, hey, yeah, liked to be at home. Like Sam, all you had to do is tweet Alan Bell, and he would have been there in like ten minutes. <laughs> I mean, I, you just I'm said down. Doghouse Saloon, Midtown, uh, Mac Football. Alan Bell would have been there immediately. I'm in for Mac Football as well, but like some, you can only watch Ball State for like an hour before I'm kind of like Ugh. not not if you go to BetMGM and put a little action on that, put a little that, action action baby. That is true. A little a little action action on BetMGM might have fixed my problem, but yeah, I don't know. So just shade on Doghouse Saloon because they didn't have it figured out, and I was there for like I thought it would be a quick in and out. Like I'm there for 45 minutes. I shoot his set. I get out of there. I was there for like a while so <laughs> yeah I, and i didn't want to be there for a while i was tired so yeah yeah uh my shade today is i feel like there might be a trend with my shade over the next few weeks because the college football playoff rankings came out and tcu jumped tennessee tennessee loses as they at, should at georgia and tcu was trailing Texas Tech for the majority of the game, then scored a couple touchdowns late, beat them by 10, uh, and TCU jumps Tennessee. There is zero logic to that, Sam. You said uh, TCU should have jumped how many win, How many wins does – how many losses does TCU have? Zero. How many losses does Tennessee have? One. That's logic. There you Sam, go. Sam, Sam, where was TCU last week? I don't know. I'm Seven. Yeah, where was like Alabama last week? Six, five. How I, many I, losses, I, saw, how the, many I losses, saw the outrage. I'm just yeah. I, I mean that's that's it though. Like if if Alabama as one loss, loss was also a a, a one point loss or whatever it was to Tennessee at, at number one, right? Alabama lost at number one. Yeah, Tennessee one, lost at number now one, right? Because when Alabama lost, yeah, to, there's a difference in those losses. Sure, there's a difference in the losses, but T no ABN Texas wrong. No, TCU has the 68th strength of schedule to this point. They have the hardest strength of schedule now moving forward, but 68th to this point. Tennessee has the second hardest schedule to this point and like the 70th moving forward. So there's there's no logic that moves TCU ahead of Tennessee right now. If TCU beats Texas, sure, move them ahead of Tennessee. But if TCU was behind... One loss Alabama last week, 
And Tennessee lost on the road at Georgia, the new number one, and has beaten all the and has gone through the second best schedule. And why why isn't TCU behind the one loss Tennessee? If 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 Tennessee loses on the road to Georgia by last second field goal, I think they are ahead of TCU. But same old balls, man. They got it's, crushed no, it, in it's that just, game. It's it's changing the rules. It's changing. It's the no, no, I mean it's not because because a loss like a losses are not the same. They they are wildly different. All losses are different. There's a level of strength to every loss. Losing to Tennessee in Knoxville on a last second field goal in a game that Alabama probably outplayed and then had one and then fell apart at the end. Tennessee came through clutch at the end. That is a different size loss for Alabama than just be, not being on the but, same level as Georgia. Sam, for, for Sam, so you said that, but you know what the committee also said? Huh. They don't view Oregon's loss to Georgia and Tennessee's no. loss to Georgia any different. So, that, well, so, George, George, so Oregon's not ahead of Tennessee. If Oregon is in ahead of Tennessee, and if we get to a spot where Oregon wins the Pac-12 and gets into the college football playoff as a one-loss Pac-12 champion over Tennessee because Tennessee's not in the SEC championship game, I will side with you because that Oregon loss to Georgia should have ended their – they should have disbanded the program. You cannot be ranked number 11 and lose 49 to three. You sh no chance season over, shut it down. I don't care what they do the rest of the way. Oregon, you have an argument, but Alabama's loss isn't like, no, no, was no, no, not no, as no. bad. TCU's best win is over number 23, Kansas State. Tennessee's best win is waxing LSU on the road, uh, who is now ranked, what, seventh? So again, TCU, it's it's too early. You if can TCU, only beat, you like, can only beat who's on the schedule. Well, I, I know that, but that's my point: is that if TCU beats Texas on the road this upcoming weekend, now jump Tennessee. Right now, it may, it, based off of what the committee said last week, this week makes no sense. Well, so who, who's Tennessee got this week? Tennessee has Missouri, and then at South Carolina and at Vandy. So you're telling me that I mean they, they should mop up in all three of those games. You're telling me yeah. Tennessee mopping up in each one of those three games is still going to get jumped by a TCU team, and that's going to be fine if they get jumped by a TCU team? If TCU beats – if TCU wins at Texas this weekend, I'm totally cool with TCU jumping Tennessee. Okay. Because then TCU goes to Baylor. Baylor's not ranked right now, but Baylor's pretty good. They have to go at – Texas at Baylor the next two weeks. And then I forget who their last They're game home is against be. Iowa state. I, I, and then yeah, I, blah, Iowa state. And then they play the big 12 champ game. And so TCU, it's just too early. It makes no logical sense for them to be at four right now in Tennessee at five. It's they're jumping too early. And so, and again, just like Trey's pointing out the Vols are in a great spot. Take care of business. If the, if Tennessee covers the spread, the next three weeks, and it's 20 and a half right now at BetMGM against Missouri. If Tennessee covers the spread the next three weeks, they should be in the playoff. Yeah, I mean. Because those spreads are going to be big. Like, it's going to be 20. It'll probably be 13 and a half at South Carolina, and it'll be like 25 against Vandy. Yeah, I mean, the loss to Georgia, it, it's going to be interesting. I think Tennessee got really helped this weekend, especially by LSU beating Alabama. I mean, that was like – and Clemson losing to Notre Dame. Like, yep. 
those were gifts for Tennessee that kind of keeps their playoff hopes legitimately alive where they would have needed a lot of help otherwise, especially during conference championship week, had that not gone their way. Yeah, now they just have to take care of business. And I guess, I hope, hope the SEC, uh, I hope Georgia runs the table, right? I mean, like that's kind of what you have to hope because you can't have LSU or Ole Miss getting into that SEC no. championship game and pulling an upset because then it's like chaos. It's pretty simple for Tennessee. Georgia wins the SEC championship. LSU doesn't lose until they lose to Georgia. Alabama wins out, which means beating Ole Miss this weekend. And yeah, then, I mean, well, I mean, even if Ole Miss beats Bama, if Ole Miss isn't in the SEC no, 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 you need game. Alabama to to win out. You need Alabama to be a two loss team to be ranked as high as possible. Oh, right. For yeah, okay, I see that. And then just and for your loss being a better loss, and yep. uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the hope then is cross your fingers, and they have to hope that uh, TCU loses because TCU is the other team that's kind of an upset that's just kind of hanging in there. If TCU loses a game, I have a hard time seeing Tennessee not get in. No, yeah. I mean, you know what? At least one of the Big Ten schools are going to lose. There's a possibility both of them lose at some point. Well, and then but. the Pac. So just to wrap up this, you know, college football playoff talk that we really get into these days. Uh, but you have to have one of these two things happen: either TCU loses, or the Pac-12 champion is a two-loss team. Yeah, that, or, or both Big Ten teams take a loss. Yeah, but I don't see that happening. You need Illinois to beat one of them in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, okay. Now you're shoving Illinois. In no, the hey, what did I your line I... I do, Sam? What did your line I, I do? We're still ranked. Okay, it's basketball season. Okay, I am. I am looking go. at Illinois basketball. They got me to basketball. We're one and zero, ranked number twenty three <laughs> in basketball. It's basketball season. I don't have to. I don't have to think about college football anymore. I hear you. I, I did you. see a prediction that had Illinois playing Alabama in the Music City Bowl, which would be. Well, I would have. I, to I saw Orlando. Orlando said, "See y'all in the Citrus Bowl, Roll Tide." You talking about Alabama being in the Citrus Bowl this year? Because that's what that pace is on. Tennessee at worst is in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, I yeah. Hey. Illinois for the Rose Bowl? Who says no? Not me. <laughs> Everybody says no. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. I, that uh, loser of Ohio State, Michigan, is going to the Rose Bowl. Sam, I'm sorry, Illinois will not make it there. Well, we're we're technically the Big Ten runner-up. We're going to win the Big Ten West. But that's not what the Rose Bowl is going to go with. Probably true. No, yeah, it's fact. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, great show on this Thursday. Uh, maybe we'll find out when we can do uh, the next version of Ask Sam. Uh, what he hasn't done or not done. But anyway, make sure also you subscribe to our YouTube channel because Sam will be at Titans uh, practice today and in the locker room. We'll see uh, what comes out of Ryan Tannehill's press conference, see where Derek Henry's at with the injury report later on today. But all that practice and locker room content going up on the YouTube channel later on today and Buck Rising Live on the same channels tonight. A to Z Sports Primetime, so he can react to that as well. We'll see you guys tomorrow on a Thursday. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Appreciate it as always.